It's all about gratefulness. Yeah. yeah. Need to practice gratitude. Gratitude in everything we do. But cool. Let's, let's turn up the positivity. Is that camera recording? Is that camera recording? Is that camera recording? Are you happy in life? Whoa, dude, you okay? You want to talk about anything? No. You'd say, you, you nearly said no there. No. Um, All right. Can I tell you a really cool quote that I heard? Okay, good. Oh shit, no, let's start the episode. All right, boom. Welcome to episode 41. Nailed it. Rams. Boom. <laughs> Should have heard yeah. Ram. He was just like, it's not episode, it's episode 40 today. And I played in the clip from last week. And yeah. then go, no, it's 40. Do you not remember when we were like, the episode 40? Yeah. That's how I remembered. And you yeah. Don't remember. It's a big deal. Um, so, um, okay. I just, cool. I just realized I'm still chewing gum. That's all right. I can't. There's a bin. Yep. Yeah. Boom. Bin. All right. Episode 41. Four Welcome one. to. Director's, director's debrief. debrief. Um, I was just about to say Diary of a CEO, just because I was listening to it. No, in the car. no, I was no. listening into the car. He's talking about Huel again. Is he? Again, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, do you know what bothers me about that? I'll get onto the quote later. Yeah. Um, he talks about it being his new sponsorship. It's been a sponsor for ages, but he's just replaying the same clip. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you next time you listen to Diary of a CEO, by the way, big fan of that podcast. Mm. Great podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm great not going to down talk it. Yeah. At all. But uh, yeah, such a great listener. That's what he is. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you not find that? I have one gripe. Yeah. He has, uh, maybe this is the right way to do a podcast. Sorry, I'm just going to push this because mm-hmm. I can hear myself a lot. Yeah. Uh, or I can see myself. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, my my main gripe with the Diary of CEO podcast is that he has a, uh, a narrative um, of how your childhood shaped the person that you are. Mm-hmm. That's fine. His thing is, how did the trauma or all the negatives in your childhood turn into the positivity that is who you are today? Yeah. As well as, um, well, just that. And he, he edges towards, and I can see some guests resisting that path. Mm. Kind of wanting to go, well, no, actually, there's this. There's although that. I although I experienced trauma that led me to this, yeah. that doesn't mean it must be a recipe for success exactly yeah and they're like well no actually what i find is x y and z um and what i find him saying is yeah yeah, that's all good and well ignore that bit let's focus on this bit so i don't know if he's such a good listener he's a Mm. very he's a good interviewer he asks a lot of very good questions yeah um but i definitely think he's very focused on pushing his narrative that that could be true that's very interesting but i feel compared to his earlier episodes I think as a podcaster, I've listened to many different podcasters and you see that they follow their narrative a lot in the early days. They, yeah. that, you know, you can see how tunnel vision their thinking is mm-hmm. and how they always try and ask the similar kind of questions. And you know, before they've even said it, exactly what they're going to be asking. Yeah. Whereas now with Seaman and a few other uh, podcasters, I can, you, you almost, when, so, when someone has heard so many stories, yeah, they can't do anything but open up and uh, and kind of see beyond. And I think in a world where we all struggle to listen, yeah. and I say we all, like, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we do have an issue with listening, right? We're always focused elsewhere, doing stuff, or we've got five other things on our mind. I think he somehow manages, considering he's running his businesses, investing, whatever he does, mm-hmm. he still manages to spend that entire hour just fully on that person. I don't know. It's yeah. just a skill. No, it, it yeah. really is because uh, I think it was Simon Sinek who, who was talking about being a good listener, even on the Diary of a CEO. Uh, and how different that is to hearing the words being said. Mm. 
And it made me question if I'm a good listener or not. I don't know if you've ever questioned this. But well, of you? No. No, no, uh, no. Myself, <laughs> yeah. Like... You don't think about me? What is this? No, so you, you've considered your, yourself whether you're a good listener. Uh, can, yeah. What do you think is the criteria of a good listener? Um, okay, so I think firstly it's the, the dedication to the conversation. Yeah, okay. So it's how how invested in you are you in that and it, no matter whether you're interesting or not interesting how dedicated am i to spending the next half an hour being here right now in this movie and we've got a million other things to do right now yeah, yeah. um i know everyone has stuff to do right there's no one is ever free but how committed are we here and i think that's yes we have microphones so yes we're, there's a lot more drawing us to this conversation um but maybe you know if we were just having an after hours conversation how committed am i to that and I, I catch myself doing it where I'm like focusing on five other things whilst we're talking or or stuff like that. Um, would I class myself as a good listener? I feel that I veer up and down. Okay. It's not that you are something and you continue to be that. I found myself many years ago being a very good listener, very focused. And then as I got more involved in work and life, I found myself almost being a bit more selfish to my own thoughts and giving less attention to others. So I don't, I don't think you are just a certain type of person. How about you? What do you find? Uh, I think it's, if I reflect back to episodes where, like podcast episodes where I'm interviewing people, I feel like I, in my head, I try and take on the challenge of making sure the conversation is interesting at all times. Hmm. And it, thinking back um, to like Luke Tobin's episode, Sam Winsbury's episode, I found myself often really, I really liked what they were saying. And I I found my curiosity growing, okay. but I don't feel like I acted on it enough hmm. because I felt like I, I had a list of research, a list of questions, and I feel like I had to stick to that to yeah. make sure I created engaging content. And I think, hmm. I just wonder if I had, if we just, I didn't have that pressure. We just hit record and we had this open conversation about entrepreneurship, how that conversation would have gone. Yeah. So I think there have been moments, like you say, where I don't feel like I've been a good listener. Um, but also, I don't know. I, I, this is why I'm asking you. I kind of, I, I struggle to see what the qualities are of a good listener. Because then I start catching myself in other habits mm. of trying to pick at what you're saying to continue the conversation. So I'm listening. I hear what you're saying. You made some really good points now. Yeah. Let's find that piece and dig into it a little bit. Is that yeah. a good listener? Is that bad? Because then my motivations aren't necessarily pure. I'm trying to get a good conversation out of you. Uh, see, okay, that that isn't such a bad thing. I think no, the, I don't think it the, is. the issue can be when say I don't know. Say I'm asking about your family life. Yeah. And I already have predetermined follow up questions. Yeah. That, that's not a bad thing. That sounds like preparation. That's yeah. really good. And it is good to do research before a podcast, right? You do need to know a little bit about someone so that you know when to press push ahead and when not to. Say something's very sensitive to someone. Yeah, It's good to know that. So that you just you ease off even if you are curious. But I think a, yeah, a very good listener allows the conversation to be the controller mm-hmm. and not, not your own predetermined question. So right now... And I think we do this this uh, fairly well in some a lot of our conversations where whilst we may have a predetermined topic, yeah. we allow the conversation to flow to where it should be mm-hmm. um, and, and things like that. Whereas sometimes having the predetermined questions isn't a bad thing, but it really restricts the quality and the depth of 
of what you learn about someone. Mm-hmm. Um, from no, I, don't, I would agree with and that. I guess that's why people call it small talk because yeah. you, you never really get beyond a certain realm of what you're talking about. Like, hey, how are, how, how are the wife and kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, thanks. No, but how are your kids? What are they studying? Who, yeah. you know, what are their passions? I don't know, whatever. Like, where do you think they're going? Are they going to be a doctor finally? No, yeah. Are you ready for this? Okay. Do you genuinely care when you ask those questions? I guess it depends on who, right? I do, actually. You I do. do. Very good. Because everyone has an interesting story. Yeah. What I don't care about is, hey, how are the wife and kids? Right. Yeah. That is a, a literally a rubbishy question yeah. that I have no interest in going. And when you stop it there, it, it you show how pointless the question was. Yeah, yeah. And I, get, I get it. You have to do it in certain scenarios, right? Like, you're not, you haven't got so, time to go into it all. So you, you ask Graham, how's the wife and kids? And Ram yeah. goes, ah, oh, a little... What's your kid's name? <laughs> Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Bob's just uh, made uh, the first team in his uh, school's football team. Mm. You, you, you're you like, that's the bit. That's yeah, the that's the interesting bit. He's like, oh, right, okay, I didn't know he liked football. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Did, did you play football? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, what's going on? Like, that's actually quite interesting because you feel like you're learning something new. Yeah, yeah. He, he might say something like, oh, I, yeah, uh, Celtic FC. My granddad used to play for them when they used to be based in Edinburgh, not yeah. Glasgow. I don't know. Just, you're learning. Yeah. That's, yeah, because yeah. I, I your dad was a Leeds fan. Yeah, which is right. funny because I mentioned that I went to photograph uh, a, a former Leeds footballer yeah. at an event, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, your dad mentioned he's a Leeds fan. He brought it up next time I saw him. Yeah, and it's funny that that stuck with me because I'm like, how do I know that was like a good quality conversation? I know yeah. this seems really terrible to say, yeah. but how do I know that was a good quality conversation? And the fact yeah. that it stuck this long, yeah, that tiny little nugget. It's, kind it's of a interesting, good yeah. and if you look back at any of your your weird scientific, um, not scientific, it's just knowledgeable things, right? Yeah, your flares where you you know the capital of I don't know I don't Zimbabwe or something, right? Yeah. No, but sometimes you'll go back to a memory that was slightly obscure. I don't know, yeah. like your your mate from Cheltenham told you about it when yeah. you were delivering a parcel to. Hello. Yo ho, Sebastian. Let's go far away. Are we good? Yep, we're good. We are good. Okay. All right, cool. So, I had the thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to see. Yeah. You, you were saying like when you uh, engage memories and activate other things uh, around a story, mm-hmm. it, it becomes more memorable. Yeah. I know that mountain rescue, when they rescue hikers, that um, they can't. There is an electrostatic charge that if a mountain rescue comes to save you and you reach out and you touch them yeah. because of the helicopter and everything, they immediately get zapped and die. Okay. They have to ground the like electricity first. And I know this because my chemist, physics teacher, physics teacher in high school mm. used to work in the mountain rescue service. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell us that, he used to tell us this funny story of just like, he has to shout at people as the helicopter's coming down, as mm. he would hand them the rope. They think he's handing them the rope. And he goes, if you touch me, you will die. So he's trying to drop a metal wire onto the ground so that it yeah, earths the, uh, the connection yeah. and they can let them up. That was in like year nine. Wow. And I still remember that yeah. so vividly. And it came up on the exam. I did really well on that No exam. way. Just because yeah. you understood the, yeah. that, that model. And he got let go because he... Uh, did something dodgy. Well, no, I am with him. There was a kid who was just like running up and down the corridor screaming. Mm. Um, and he, he allegedly grabbed the kid by his like collar and like pushed him against the wall and went, you need to stop doing something. He shouted at him and then let him go and the the parents complained. Um, And now we have participation 
trophies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is it, the weak generation. Yeah. <clears throat> but okay, so on on that, that memory, right? Like yeah. why do we why do we live life? Right? Like at the age of 80, 90, Eight, whenever yeah. you pass away. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. What, what do you want? 1819. 1890. Oh, okay. 100, whenever, whenever yeah, so you. He's only got yeah. a year left, mate. <laughs> yeah, we are telling him he's getting it. He's yeah. getting on. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so, yeah, we're, at that point, right, without getting too deep, one of the main things is you want the best memories of your life, right? Yes. And the best memories of your life aren't pointless conversations. No. They're not weak, um, small talk conversations. That isn't going to get you nowhere. I appreciate there's a time and place for that, right? Like, yeah. The postman comes or something. You're not looking to get into a deep conversation <laughs> with every single person that walks by. Yeah. But when you genuinely are with people and you have the time and you aren't, you don't have to go anywhere or anything like that and you're there for the moment, it is about creating proper conversation. It's one of the reasons I hate texting or messaging, yeah. even with my you know close people to me, because I feel there's it's really hard to create any sense of proper communication. Yes. Yeah. Have you got the groceries? Yes. Fine. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Great. But genuine conversation where you're trying to catch up with someone you've not seen has to be done in person or over over at least a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, FaceTime, yeah. I just, I just, people like seeing their faces, but I don't genuinely think just hearing someone's voice is enough. Uh, and you can really get there. Uh, you get on a level. And it goes back to a thing, like you say, where our brains are designed to forget things. There's, that's what they're designed to do, right? They're mm-hmm. designed to just forget as much as we can. Yeah. And it takes a certain kind of instance or a story or a memory to to kind of stick Retain, in. Retain, yeah. Yeah, and maintain. And I think that's that's what we've forgotten to do. So, yes, am I perfect at it? No, complete opposite of it. Yeah. But I am aware that we need to go on. I think you, really, really, you really like phone calls? I love them. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that because you sometimes text me going, "Hey man," yeah, and I'm like, "He's gonna call." And yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I appreciate it though. Some people, you yeah. know, there's a time and place, but yeah. I just sometimes it's you'll see me send a voice note. Yeah. I send voice notes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and Slack notifications because it's just easier to, um, you know, when you're trying to express something, especially when you've got remote employees and so on, yeah. um, and team members, then it's easier to just say what you need. And then they'll, they'll easily get it rather than back and forth Slack messages. Like, what do you mean? Oh, you didn't say that. I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't admit this. It still to this day takes me forever to hit dial. Really? Like, I, I don't like, I need to get over this because I've since realized I've started making more phone calls. Uh, hmm. You've noticed, but like, if I need something done, if I need to call a client or up. something, yeah. I'll just pick That's something I picked up from you. But for the longest time, I still, I still don't particularly like calling people i don't like receiving calls. yeah <laughs> i don't know what it is like yeah i don't, I don't yeah no it's, it's a fair point i mean don't get me wrong i don't love phone calls from <laughs> everyone <laughs> I, um, you know you know there's there is time and place maybe but it, i can i know that it hinders relationships in my life it's like, really strange because you are a person you're a very confident person and normally i would express that or think about that with someone who lacks confidence yeah oh no yeah like if it's a if it's a choice between a phone call or like literally seeing you in person i have no problem like i I wouldn't hesitate about going into um like i've had a scenario where like a friend i haven't spoken to in like five years is doing something cool and i want i want to like turn up to that like they're, yeah. they're hosting a, a party or whatever or like a launch thing i'll totally like text them and say hey mm. i want to come to this and like i'll go there's no issue with that i've spoken to them for the years or, or whatever i have no problem with that but i just 
I don't know. And I know it hinders. I know for a fact that some people don't call me because they know I don't like phone calls. Right, I got you. And I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy speaking to these people. Um, but yeah. Hold you back. So many. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. why. Do you, you no. Don't, sorry. no, he definitely doesn't. You don't. You're too young. You don't like phone calls, do you? Do you? He's like, what should, is a phone call? Yeah, I, should, I yeah. shouldn't judge so quick. But like. It's like someone's really important. I yeah. to like email or message Yeah. Then you'll call. And if you receive a phone call, you're like, yo, what's up? Or you're like, ugh. And then answer. If it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't get me wrong. For for me, like as much as I say I like phoning people, I don't like always receiving calls. Yeah. Because I'm doing something <laughs> else, right? Yeah. Whereas with a message, you can come back to it or leave it on unread until yeah. you need to come back to it. So that there's a time and a place. Yeah. yeah on that, but I, I think it's a great way. Um, it's good context behind everything as well. So when you're on a message, stuff just comes across differently yeah like uh i you know sometimes we speak to our remote team members and i'm just like did they are they okay you know mm. are they there whereas they're just very blunt on messages but you speak to them and they're having a happy day and yeah they're doing okay so it's, yeah it's just easier to check in with people i'm actually all right with zoom and like facetime yeah. and stuff mm. i don't know i feel like if you can catch my full range of what i'm trying to send you yeah. like facial expression all of the tones of communication mm. what are they like there's like five or something uh-huh. uh, tone of all all of yeah. the means of communicating something. If you can receive all of them that I'm trying to portray, yeah, then I think I'm happy. Mm. I think with text messages, I know that there's so much uh, hidden, yeah, that I but you get so much time to craft the perfect message. And same in person, if I say something and it's misconstrued, I know I can always fix it. So there's no, I don't get anxious about that. Yeah, via phone call. I don't know. I just, I feel like I don't have enough time to communicate something in a perfect way like you can with a text. Mm. And you're also missing half of the message. Yeah. So, I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's a strange one. Um, I just, yeah, I, I always find when I'm, even now, you know, right? I just had a phone call. Yeah. And it would have taken about five or six emails yeah, to get yeah, that yeah. same translation. Whereas there... There's something beyond the words that you can get across. Yeah. There's like a hidden tone, mm. a, a, a a kind of a confidence and a... a you telling a, me you're strong arms? So? I'm not just saying that. <laughs> I'm in yeah. charge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, and a great, like you can add like gratitude behind it as well. Like I'm grateful for yeah. Yeah, this thing and so on. So, But it's interesting. And, and I think what we need to do more of, certainly as a company, is... Um, get more FaceTime with people. Yeah. I think we're, we're learning that because we're in an age where we're competing. We never feel like we're competing against companies or brands or agencies and everyone who they're doing the same thing, sending cold emails, sending this kind of stuff. Mm. Whereas FaceTime, building that relationship, yeah. not enough for doing. How many people are walking up to new brands on a store in an expo and saying, I want to work with you? You know, it's just not happening. And that's the more and more I get to know that idea, the more I'm like, wow, it's it's that we're almost thinking the most basic of marketing and and uh, kind of client management and gathering is yeah. the easiest and the the one that's on the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know after lockdown when we started having more face to face meetings, I mean, we put this room together so we could have meetings and it just kind of resulted in mm-hmm. that way. I remember impressions of people that I had changing. Yeah, because suddenly there was so much more context. You can gather so much more context from a face-to-face meeting. Mm. Like it's so much more of a human interaction. 
that yeah whilst initially i i might have had the impression of like well this isn't the, the how do i put this nicely it's not the easiest to get this done yeah um whereas when you speak to somebody in person you're like oh, i understand i understand the jump hoops you have to jump through mm. i understand your logic your reasoning why you put up resistance for this particular idea yeah. so yeah I'm, i definitely think speaking to somebody on a, on a face-to-face level is, mm. is completely different like, yeah way more productive mm-hmm. very good yeah can i tell you the quote okay we're kind of way past that yeah yeah but, but uh, it's interesting mo gaudat was on the high performance podcast which has very quickly become one of my favorite podcasts um jake humphreys jake humphreys yeah i, I, I again we're gonna get distracted here i love jake humphreys mm-hmm. jake humphreys is awesome and he used to um host formula one and then he went on to to, to sky sports and i i really really he, i think he did a great job there and this podcast he has with, I think he's called Damien Hughes, um, so like a, a, an authoritative figure in, in mental health and psychology. Yeah. And they speak to Mo Gaudat. It was the latest episode, and I was listening to that on Cycle Home yesterday. And they're talking about the difference between uh, targets and expectations and the sort of discrepancy of like, if you achieve great things, but you're not ready for them, mm. how that can actually be a bad thing. Like... Uh, and they use the example of a sushi chef. And they make yeah. like the first few weeks, months, or even years of ma- being, making sushi. If you really want to be the best, they make you just fan the rice. Right. And then they make you, they make you do loads of what seems like medial tasks. And um, before you actually get to start rolling sushi, you get to start mm. cutting the fish, you get to start doing that. And um, I, I wanted to say this because I think it's really important in our business now is as we are working with some big names and we want to work with more big names um, about how you need to make sure, and the philosophy behind Google, he went into Google and was like, well, we need to do this to generate revenue. We need to do this. And Larry, uh, I don't know his page. Yeah. And Sergey. Yeah, Sergey Brin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They both said, no, 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 no. Make a fantastic product. And then mm. obviously people will pay for it. That was the whole ethos. Yeah. And all of this wrapped around beautifully of um, Jake, I think, asks, so how do you make sure that you're making a great product? How do you make sure that uh, every th- your foundations are all perfect? And he says this wonderful sentence. He goes, look at the ground beneath you rather than at your target. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I offered the right context, but. No, I think, I think you did plenty. So look at the ground beneath you, not at your target. Yeah. Look at where you are. Look at where you deserve to be. Hmm. Do you think we have a great product there at all products? I do. Yeah. I, uh, I, I absolutely, 100% do. Um, but I, I do think there's still a lot of room for refinement and yeah. working on it. And sometimes, yeah, you can say, yeah, we'll get there when we've, we do it. But naturally, we're drawing that and the clients and everything are finding us. Yeah. Yes, we, we could work harder to make a better product. I think there's a lot that we could learn from that. Yeah. That we are trying to focus a lot there when there's a lot of work to still be done. Yeah. That's what, that's what that listening to that podcast, I really wanted to ask you, maybe I shouldn't have done it on the podcast, but like, do you think we have a great product? And I started to think back, I was like, we really do. But as you say, it suddenly starts to unlock certain things that we can fix. Mm. Um, In terms of like performance that we deliver, I think we're well up there. But, but it's still unrefined. Well, yeah, suddenly you can start considering like, well, do we communicate in the best way? Mm. You know, that's... 
We, this is it. We have our current clients at the moment. Mm-hmm. Are we giving them the absolute best service we could be? I'd say it's impressive. Yeah. It's not the best. No. We've never had a client leave. No. But do we need to wait for them to leave? Exactly. And what I mean by best is not comparing us to any other agency. It's what our expectation of best is. And I think that's attainable. It's just very high. Yeah. Very high in the skies. That's really interesting. And it, yeah. But that's the target. That's like the best is at the target. And as long as you're looking like, oh, what are the core components that I can be doing to fix it? So like, let's say- Not just saying, I want to be there, I want to be there, and then jumping there. Yeah, yeah. It's saying, boom, 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 take your time. Exactly. So let's say to to be a better communicator, you want to work towards, um, let's say the target is an SLA of two hours. Mm. Any client emails, you report back to them within two Mm. hours. Or any account manager that works with us or anyone who has any contact with a client. replies within two hours if you focus on the fact that one particular account manager replied in two and a half hours it's kind of negative yeah but if you think well actually since we set that target last week we were replying back within the same working day they're replying within two and a half hours that's fine that's this is improvement yeah expectation versus sorry maybe this isn't where the quote was meant to go but sometimes it's like it's not just trying to jump there and say right you know what we're gonna do we're gonna get another customer service manager and they're going to be us replying to us. That doesn't really solve the bigger picture. Yeah. You're just trying to patch up and say that you can do a certain thing. Yeah. Whereas when you're genuinely trying to create a good product, you're creating a full good foundation where you're saying, right, we're going to make sure this person can manage a few of the issues that we're facing. Yeah. And it's slowly grow. Yeah. There's a lot of context. Uh, sorry. No, there's a lot of that can be taken out from that quote. Okay. But I'm, yeah. I'm interested. And it goes to something that I keep hearing more and more of. And I, I thought it was cringe. Go ahead. And now I'm really keen. And it's, it's, it's our boy, Jeff, who he says it a lot. Big up, Jeff. He's um, customer, uh, oh, I've gone blank. What, what's, it, what's it? Obsession. Yeah. Customer obsession. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's so much easier said than done. And of course we love our customer. Our customers in our case, we have a few customers. Mm-hmm. One of the customers being our brands and the clients we work with. You know, that's the relationship and that's the way we treat them. Yeah. Are we obsessed with them? Like in mm-hmm. every matter. And you can say, ah, oh, yeah, but you know, they don't need the obsession. Yes, they do. They want to yeah. be served. Think of whenever we've used an agency. Yeah. How great is it when we get the absolute best experience from them? They're always attainable. You know, they're always there on hand. They give the best service. They bring the best results. Yeah. Just outstanding. Aren't you ready to pay them whatever? Do whatever? Yeah. That That's so true because, yeah, we were talking about this. Um, I did a fist pump as a client gave me good news. Yeah. We were trying to get this product back on the market. And yep. they told me they've, they've, you know, internally they'd work things out. And yeah. Like, I did a fist pump and so a very senior figure was in the meeting. Yeah. And I could swear I saw her smile. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the kind of the dedication that you had there mm. is just amazing. And it's, it's so rare mm. that that might just be our USP. And we're giving it away to anyone who is listening to this. Yeah. Give but, a shit. You'll do it. Yeah, right. we we need to fin- we need to take that on. Mm. Like seriously, how can we be the most customer obsessed on the current clients we have? Yeah, the new clients, all of that, we got work to do. You know, yeah. we're working on all of that. But on our existing clients, Ooh. let's write down everything that we could be doing. Yeah, and go to the Jeff level obsession. Yeah, I th- I don't and think the that money will, go. will come. I I feel that it will. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that ties in beautifully with what uh, we had a meeting with Alan as well, mm-hmm. um, who I think we should have on the podcast. Yeah, I think he's interesting. Got some cool yeah, stories. definitely. Um, but yeah, that's what he was saying. Like, what can you be doing more for your current customers? Mm. How can you be making no? How can you be making their life easier? Yeah, right. Because we were talking about all the data work that we were doing. He goes, no, oh, they should have access to it without even asking. Yeah, they should just be able to want whatever they want. They could just see. You know, sometimes when you talk about Google and you talk about these software companies and you just talk about customer obsession or creating a good product, yeah, it seems easy. Oh, of course, yeah, they have a product product. Of course, they can make it customer obsessed. Whereas when you're in service, yeah. it's much more difficult. Well, I, I feel like we're, we're almost, this is the most obvious thing we could be doing. Yeah. Um, and I want to know, yeah, I want to find out what it takes to become so obsessed and abs to a degree and then yeah the we, business will come yeah we've got a week to figure it out we'll talk yeah. about it on the next podcast sounds you good you have a meeting in three minutes I do yes so. and uh, yeah well, it's really exciting me but yeah uh, thank you everyone for listening to episode 41 of today's podcast uh, Directors Debrief if you enjoyed what you listened to please let us know comment if you didn't anything you didn't like let us know as well uh, but try to be a little bit nice uh, and uh, also like subscribe do what you gotta do and we'll see you next week Bye.